It's December 4th, 2019. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Trinity Singh, and she is here to tell us about the Mauka Market pop-up in Kailua. And then we'll, we'll be joined by Celeste Connors and Chelsea Harder from Hawaii Green Growth, and we'll talk about the local 2030 hub. Of course, uh, let's get into it. And Tiffany, I mean... <laughs> Trinity is patiently waiting here, and uh, she has been involved with a company called uh, Malka Market, and I was informed that there is a pop-up coming up. So welcome to the show, and tell us more about it. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. So uh, Malka Market is a pop-up. This is going to be our first event on December 14th in Kailua at uh, 340 Ulunio Street, and this is... um, this is our first attempt at a pop-up for um, our, our goal is to have uh, local vendors from around Hawaii who are all, um, they use ethically sourced products. And that's our goal is to keep everything sustained within Hawaii and be able to find people who can use the materials that are found here, like the um, the invasive albizia tree. Um, like one of our vendors, uh, Splinter Concept, they use the albizia tree and they make furniture out of it. So you're getting rid of an alva- invasive tree and then replacing it with something so much better. Now, tell us a little bit more about the uh, Malka Market because I've had uh, Matt Lynch on, and and uh, they came out of the uh, Purple Prize, and I've uh, you know I've seen the the Albizia structure that they put up on UH uh, campus. And tell us a little bit about your kind of background and how you got involved with the uh, Malka Market. So um, I over the summer, I was in this uh, program called Nalukai Academy, mm-hmm. which is a 10-day startup program for students who are interested in sustainability and entrepreneurship. And from there, I was kind of selected out of a few other, with a few other students to be a part of the Purple Prize. And um, because of my interest in sustainability and working with um, markets and stuff, I was kind of introduced to um, Joey and Matt, and that's kind of how I was you know, put into this group. But I had started a farmer's market at my school, mm-hmm. uh, my senior year of high school. And so um, with my expertise of starting up markets, they kind of, you know, put me in this position and said, hey, we want you to lead us. We want you to, we want all your information. Help us to start this. And so as a student uh, and you're a student, you were a student at Kamehameha School. Yes. And now you're at the UH Manoa. Mm-hmm. And when you were involved with the uh, Purple Prize you probably had the option of kind of going off and doing something else after the the event was over, uh, but you chose to stick around. and And why? What was it that kind of compelled you to stay involved with uh, Malka Market? I think the overall vision is just something that's so unique that a lot of people um, don't look at. Uh, you go to all these farmers markets and they're great and they're sustainable and all this, but then you look into the deeper. And some of these companies aren't actually sourced here in Hawaii. They're bringing in things from the mainland. They're bringing in things from China and reselling it for more money. But I think the beauty and this idea of keeping it here, keeping it local and sustainable is something that um, it was just so inspirational for me to see them push so hard and um, to just, you know, just be so inspired by that. And I was... Now, as a, <clears throat> as a uh, s- s- well, 
you're involved as a full-fledged uh, participant in, in uh, Malco Market. What, what um, role do you play with them? Um, in this Malco Market, um, they had actually asked me to be the manager of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of implies me telling a bunch of um, <laughs> adults what to do, <laughs> a little 18-year-old just telling them all what needs to be done, what we're slacking on, what needs, um, what else has to be done, and... So what scary. what went into actually putting the pop up together, and and what would pe- what would people expect if they were to go to the pop up? So putting it together means um, finding entertainment, finding a venue, finding vendors that um, um, line up with our with our vision, and um, what they would expect is we're offering we have live entertainment. We're expecting to have about fifteen to twenty vendors. We have about fifteen confirmed mm-hmm. thus far, and we are also after offering a free eco-friendly gift wrapping, which is where we took old newspapers and we are going to be stamping them with um, eco-friendly dyes because we found out that Christmas wrapping paper is actually one of the biggest destruction in landfills. So we decided to get free and um, get this Christmas wrapping paper that's um, eco-friendly. So we're offering that free for when you buy a gift at the market. And then what kind of of products might people expect to find at the pop-up? So our goal is majority like wood vendors because mm-hmm. we can't we came out of Albizia project, um, so our goal is to people who use um, like invasive trees wood, um, but you also find like voyaging foods, which is um, she uses uh, plant based flour like ulu and kalo. You can also find um, we have ulu and kalo bakery, which is um, baked goods made out of um, ulu and kalo as well. Um, Voyaging food came out of uh, uh, um, Mana Up, right? Yes. Yeah. They. Um, she was also part of the Purple Prize too. Oh, great! So, what else? What 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 other types of uh, products might be there? Um, we also have Forage Hawaii, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, all meat. So they have raw and cooked meat there. That is again all sourced here in Hawaii, and they um, also use like invasive uh, pig and stuff like that. So Trinity, tell us where and when is this again? Um, this is December 14th from 9 to 1 at um, 340 Ulunu Street. And where can people find out more information? Um, you can find more information at Malcolm Market. That is our Instagram or Market is okay. our website. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes. Thanks, Trinity, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Celeste Connors and Chelsea Harder from Hawaii Green Growth will talk about the local 2030 hub. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors the Rice Partnership, Kaiser Permanente, and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Hawaii Public Radio is a source for fresh water. It's a source for information that I would drink and information that I would share, information that I would give to my child. And I think the more we uh, understand that and acknowledge that, the more we realize that Hawaii, Hawaii Public Radio is a bastion for truth. Member supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm glad to welcome Celeste Connors and Chelsea Harder to the show. 
Celeste is the CEO and Executive Director of Hawaii Green Growth, a public-private partnership and network-based organization committed to achieving Hawaii's energy, climate, and sustainability goals. And of course, uh, Chelsea, who I've had on a number of times, she's the Sustainability Dashboard Coordinator for Hawaii Green Growth. Welcome to Bite Mars Cafe. Thanks for having us, Bert. Well, Bert, so delighted to be here. Now, of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, I, I had... Uh, Chelsea on talking about um, the uh, Hawaii annual code challenge, and, and I sort of teased out a bunch of stuff about Local 2030 Hub. And, of course, I wanted to have a little bit more uh, opportunity to get some, some detail as to what exactly has been the development of Local 2030. So, uh, Celeste, I mean, that's why we have you here now to kind of give us a little bit of the back history and, and how did this kind of all come together and and maybe as we progress through the conversation, what's the progress of the Local 2030? Yeah, wonderful. Thanks so much, Bert. Um, Hawaii Green Growth is a statewide network, as you mentioned, and we bring together diverse stakeholders committed to economic, social, and environmental priorities. Um, and our group was recently recognized by the United Nations as one of the first Local 2030 hubs worldwide, and I can explain a little bit more what that means mm-hmm. and the significance. But By way of background, Hawaii Green Growth was actually um, formed, inspired by the 2011 Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation meeting that took place here. And Green Growth, and hosted by Honolulu folks here, Green Growth was one of the themes. And this group of stakeholders came together and said, hey, how can we help Hawaii get on a green growth pathway? Together, as sort of their first kako effort, they launched the Aloha Plus Challenge. Mm -hmm which is Hawaii's local framework um, to achieve these diverse six statewide sustainability goals. And part of this is uh, currently being measured on an open data platform, which, as Chelsea will talk about a little bit more, provides a scoreboard for how we're actually doing. What's kind of interesting is that the Hawaii Green Growth and the Aloha Plus Dashboard and a lot of that effort happened before the sustainability development uh, goals that were established by the United Nations. And, and so the, the linkage between what happened locally and then what happens at the, at the United Nations is sort of, it's kind of converging. Absolutely. And this is exactly why it's so exciting for me personally, having grown up in Hawaii and worked on the sustainable development goals in Washington, D.C., seeing how this is really being driven locally in a locally and culturally appropriate framework that's shaped by the community and the stakeholders. And mm-hmm. so partly we say you measure what matters, and that's what we as an organization did. I think there's sort of four components to what we do. Um, what is critically important is the political leadership. And when the Aloha Plus Challenge was launched, it had um, it was had the support of the legislature through a joint resolution. Um, the governor, the four county mayors, and the Office of Hawaiian Affairs, and the U.S. congressional delegation and with our public and private sector partners. And Hawaii Green Growth provides a institutional framework really focused on the implementation. i say the third component, as I mentioned, is our ability to track progress on an online dashboard. And fourth, how that all together leads to action, how we really have a 10-year window to have what we think is required as unprecedented change across every sector of society to meet the challenge of climate change. Well, i got to hand it to you. You know, the ability to rally all the people that you have successfully brought together and have them agree to a, a particular goal and actually stay committed to that, I mean, that's kind of testament to the effort that you've put forth. 
It does take a lot of um, continuous collaboration. We work um, with our community, as I said, public and private sector partners, civil society. We have two MOU, one with Kamehameha Schools. And I just have to say, Trinity was amazing. Um, We were so delighted to be in the studio with her. The work she's doing just really reflects the ability for Keiki in Hawaii to drive that kind of action globally. Well, it's nice to see the younger generation really uh, appreciating where some of the the companies like Malka Market have come as a result of whether it's Purple Prize or even being involved with the Islands of Innovation that I, you know, I was uh, uh, attended. And I, I see a lot of the continuity. So I, I'm liking the fact that it's a multi-generational thing that's happening. And this is really what's required. Um, you know, the, the younger generation understands what the challenge is. And um, as an organization, how we can work with our partners to create these policy platforms. So Trinity, the work that she's doing, this has really captured the attention of the international community, Bert. Mm-hmm. This is why Hawaii was recognized as a model for sustainability through the Aloha Plus Challenge, because it's the work that Trinity's doing. It's the inherent understanding that she has as somebody growing up in Kailua that what happens in our upper watershed mm-hmm. is connected to what's happening down at the at the water, the Mauka to Makai. And this is something that the international community is really looking for. They're looking for um, an island worldview, really. What she's described is what we would say is being now discussed as an, a circular economy, is really an island economy. And it's something that has a deep history here in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Chelsea, you're... you're have always been in kind of involved with the with the dashboard, but there's more to the dashboard than just showing typical graphs of numbers that uh, might be you know uh, accessible via the open data portal. So tell us more about what is the kind of the uh, the narrative behind the dashboard and how can people glean more from it by by not only looking at the you know at the uh, progress, but how can projects actually see the dashboard change as a result of their contribution? And thanks for that, Bert. You know, I'd like to think of the dashboard as a digital storytelling mechanism. So, of course, it has data to, to really ground truth what is happening and show progress, but it also provides contextual narrative. Why is the Paris Agreement important to, to reach our, um, to reduce our carbon emissions by by 2045, and um, and why is it important to, to be on a clean energy pathway? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then it also provides resources so that people can actually engage in things that will help move the dial in sustainability. So, some of the um, some of the things that are happening, just for example, um, INA based education is really um, it's it's really place based education that is not only a, it's not a traditional metric that we feature on the dashboard, but it really shows how Keiki and teachers are connecting with communities to be able to show that Malka to Makai connection and um, and really showing how those actions are stewarding their particular place. So, as an example, the this INA based learning, uh, how is it that you and Hawaii Green Growth are helping to drive that that activity. Is that something that they've just the education DOE has just embraced, or is there something that you are helping to do to help kind of move that needle? So what we can do is really connect partners. And um, so, for instance, the, with the Hawaii Annual Code Challenge, we worked with um, government to be able to connect the um, to connect those folks with um, with communities, and also. Um, 
just looking at the different um just looking at the the ability for um these different folks to to be able to support their work just like Malama Learning Center for example we're working with them on the west side mm-hmm. to show how um to show how students and communities can really make an impact through tree planting through farming through and through their different alliance groups mm-hmm. now uh Celeste you know the the whole topic of kind of the show that I wanted to to focus on was the uh, local 2030 hub and the lo- local 2030 you you launched that at the Islands of Innovation, and it was tied directly to uh, a United Nations kind of program. So what was it that the United Nations was was looking for, and how did they find Hawaii as being uh, a good example of how Local 2030 Hub would get implemented? Yeah, no, and I think what the, the main issue is that all of the members of the United Nations have coalesced around the Sustainable Development Goals. Mm-hmm. And the Sustainable Development Goals are a set of 17 goals uh, that cut across economic, social, and environmental sectors to be achieved by the year 2030. Now, I think the international community has come to the conclusion that it will be impossible to achieve these goals without going local mm-hmm. and to really engage communities. And that's not something that the United Nations is really equipped to do at a broad multilateral level. And so partly in response to this, the United Nations launched an initiative called Local 2030. And really what it does is it opens up the door in inviting local and regional government leaders and communities to participate in bringing forward solutions that can be quickly scaled to meet the climate challenge within the next 10 years. And what happened was they looked at Hawaii Green Growth and the Aloha Plus Challenge, which a five-year history of success already being tracked on the dashboard as a really interesting model. And I should actually note, um, the Aloha Plus Challenge, Bert, was inspired by other islands. In fact, the Micronesia Challenge was launched, and that inspired the Caribbean Challenge, which in turn inspired the Aloha Plus Challenge. And so really what we see here is island leaders Um, island communities inspiring each other, regardless of what may or may not happen in the traditional climate negotiations. I mean, right now, people are convening in Madrid for the climate discussions. Um, And there's always an opportunity for there to be a lot of conversation on the margins of those meetings, but really recognizing that the rubber hits the road at the local level. Mm -hmm. So the Local 2030 initiative is responding to the need to quickly drive and scale action and they look to Hawaii as a model that can be um, shared with the rest of the community and be a, a starlight for other communities to see and uh, find the balance, essentially. Chelsea, can you speak to some of the, the stakeholders that are involved with Local 2030? Sure. So Hawaii serves as really a backbone organization for as for public-private partners. So we work with government, um, our so our governor, four county mayors, mm-hmm. and the legislature, and also um, working with civil society partners, academia, and um, and our businesses. Um, so we have a sustainability business forum that Celeste can talk about in a little bit. But it's um, it's really a group of seventeen businesses um, who are taking 
the initiative to shape a sustainability future for Hawaii. So they're really leading on um, through this triple bottom line approach. And um, just to kind of go back to some of the community and really locally led initiatives. Um, so Kauai recently launched launched the Kauai Aloha Plus Challenge, which is further localizing the Aloha Plus mm-hmm. Challenge, saying this is what is com- this is what is important to our communities in Kauai, and they're able to track their um, their carbon footprint through different activities that they do in their home. Yeah, I do want to talk more about that and, and this is a sustainability business uh, forum, uh, but we will hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Celeste Connors and uh, Chelsea Harder about the United Nations SDGs and, of course, Local 2030 Hub. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Co-working. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Celeste Connors and Chelsea Harder about the SDGs and the Local 2030 Hub. And right before the break, uh, we were talking about the uh, not only Local 2030 Hub, but, you know, getting it local, getting it, getting actions taken, getting kind of projects uh, really launched and and we started to tease the um, the fact that it's even getting more local by having the county of Kauai get directly involved by putting together their Aloha Plus Challenge. I mean, and how did that come about? Was there some convincing you had to do, or how are they going to leverage perhaps off the work that you've already started to maybe get a you know maybe get a jump on it? Yeah, that's a Great question, Bert. And Kauai is one of the founding um, members of county of mm-hmm. Kauai. And so it's uh, really capturing what they're doing already and what their um, you know local commitment is. And I don't think there's any arm twisting. This is, this is some healthy coopetition is what we'd like to call it. Because since Kauai's launched their Kauai Aloha Plus Challenge, the other counties have come forward and said they are going to launch their local Aloha Plus Challenges. And um, what's exciting to us about this is the way the platform is structured, rolling up to the dashboard, it's about behavior change. It starts with the individual. What am I as an individual going to commit to do? What will my family do, um, our community? And you can actually track progress very specifically. The behavior change component is really important. Um, this is actually what's going to help us achieve our broader goals. And in order to change behavior, you really need to change hearts and minds. So a lot of what we do is providing that framework for changing hearts and minds by inspiring action. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you see coming out of the, the let's say, the Kauai version of the Aloha Plus Challenge? So the with the Kauai Aloha Plus Challenge, they really focus on um, things that are important. For example, eating local, sustainable transportation, you, you know, not just driving alone um, in, in a car, but really taking the bus more often with their, with their new bike paths. They're looking to retrofit lights and use less water. And, and then some of the bigger commitments like um, committing to switching to an EV rather than a, a gas vehicle. 
So um, as we look to really scale that there, so the counties can can look to say what is important in, in their communities. And then this will all roll up to the Aloha Plus dashboard to show how each island and county is very, they're, they're all different, but we're all, we're very much same, same as well. So in, in, in the case of the uh, city and county of Honolulu, you have Josh Thambro who, who has an office and he has people and they probably are, are all focused on, you know, some of these uh, initiatives, but on Kauai, they, it's a much smaller environment and community. So who's actually at the tip of the spear on Kauai to move the Aloha Plus Challenge on Kauai? So Ben Sullivan has really been an instrumental partner in that. So he's really, um, he's really had been in, on the leading edge of creating this. And, and how are you uh, looking to perhaps get County of Maui and, and the Big Island also involved to this degree? I would say the commitment is at the highest level, that the mayors, um, and this is what is really exciting about the Aloha Plus Challenge, is that um, the it goes beyond short-term political cycles. Sustainability and resilience, Bert, are inherently long-term pro- mm-hmm. value propositions mm-hmm. that are sometimes out of sync with short-term political cycles, and mm-hmm. it shows tremendous political leadership for leaders to embrace a community-driven um, initiative and actually really focus on what is important to them. So it starts with this political leadership and alignment. How we convene is through not a a one-off consultative process, but continuous convening through three working groups that Hawaii Green Growth chairs. Mm -hmm. And our counties are part of those working groups. So in fact, bringing um, Josh and his team and the great work that they're doing and their uh, colleagues in Maui. Ben Sullivan is the sustainability coordinator in Kauai, who Chelsea mentioned. Bringing folks together through our convened process is what allows for the discussion and dialogue to take place. Now, what's the what's the connection between Aloha Plus and the Local 2030? Is it is a it's just a conceptual umbrella, or are, are they really tightly coupled? The Aloha Plus Challenge is Hawaii's statewide framework to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing is that the sustainable development goals at a very high level um, need to be contextualized locally. And what's interesting about Hawaii is that predates the sustainable development goals. So what Hawaii, the Aloha Plus Challenge, is really based um, in island values. And it is through that dashboard that you can actually roll up to all of the 17 SDGs. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of uh, um, some of the other types of, of projects that are going on, I know, I know um, Chelsea, you kind of teased out this voluntary local review. What, what is what is that? So, th- through the HGG Local Twenty Thirty Hub, um, we're, we're going to be pilot- pioneering this this process. So, it really started with um, we started with countries reporting out on how they're doing on the SDGs, mm-hmm. which is a voluntary national review. However, local entities are recognizing, well, the rubber meets the road at the at this local level. So we want to be able to submit something that that we're doing. So um, so Hawaii using so cities actually have been the first ones to really pioneer this VLR effort, the voluntary local review. But Hawaii, given the coherence uh, through political parties around the Aloha Plus Challenge will be able to submit a statewide 
voluntary local review, and that'll be revealed at the UN High Level Political Forum in July of 2020. Wow. Okay. So, uh, uh, Celeste, you know, in, one of the things that I wanted to talk about before you know we run out of time is the connection between innovation and I, I know you are all definitely involved with the innovation economy. And how can we direct innovation toward these SDGs and really take advantage of our kind of position in in not only in the middle of the Pacific but as an island economy? Yeah, as an island economy, Bert, we're inherently innovative around things that these pressing challenges. You know, as an island economy, we're experiencing the impacts of climate change sooner, and therefore the innovation lies actually in the intersection of these goals. It is not any particular goal that's going to get us to cross the finish line. Mm-hmm. It's at the, the, the space of innovation is in between in between the goals and in between the individuals and the institutions that are working together on this. You mentioned the Sustainability Business Forum. That's one clear example of our business leaders coming together, piloting the first carbon offset. But I would say the the innovation is an intersection, and as an island economy, we're best equipped to actually be able to pioneer these solutions first. Well, I'll definitely put the uh, link up to Hawaii Green Growth, and I think there's a lot more information there that we could probably spend the next half hour talking about, or at least the next hour. Celeste Connors is the CEO and Executive Director of Hawaii Green Growth. And of course, uh, uh, Chelsea Harder is the Sustainability Dashboard Coordinator. And I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thanks for having us. And thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will have our annual gadget show. If you miss any part of this this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. You can also... Provide me any comments or suggestions by emailing me at bitemarks at gmail.com or you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bye.